right, everyone. Welcome into week 17. We're here. I didn't know if we would get here. We're here. Welcome to week 17 of the Blue and Orange Football Podcast. I am your host, Jacob, over at Roachism13 on Twitter. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Isaac, over at Isaac10G on Twitter. Um, We had a little situation last week with Christmas. Ended up not coming at you guys, but we're here back. So hope you all had a great holiday. Um, I I know I did. I know Isaac said he had a pretty good holiday. Um, We didn't have great Sundays following the holiday. And, and I can see you're chomping at the bit. So go ahead, lead it off. Whatever is on your chest, unload it now. You know, Sunday's loss was probably one of the more embarrassing losses I've ever seen. Um, and the, and for, for those of you that didn't watch the game or didn't watch highlights of the game, the score of 27-13 really does not – tell the tale um, watching the game it should have been like a 63 to nothing type of game it was terrible the Ravens controlled every facet of that game from the very first snap on both sides of the ball they were playing much more physically than the Giants. And you can just tell right off the rip. That's like, oh, shoot, man. Like, you've, I'm, I'm sure you've watched games like that. Oh, God, yes. Being a Browns fan, definitely. You can just – you just know. You just – you see it right off the – right off the rip. It's like, oh, crap. So, there's no run game. Daniel Jones was forced to pass the ball in the pocket. Um, and my brother and I, so you suppose if you who are listening, my older brother is also a New York Giants fan. Um, honestly, that's probably how and why I've become a Giants fan. Uh, he's 10 years older than I. So not very often you and my brother and I get to watch Giants games together. So it was a pretty cool Sunday to be able to watch the game together, even though they got boat raced by the Ravens. The Ravens looked like a good team. But the Giants looked like a really bad team. Um, and that was very evident. The offensive line struggled. They couldn't maintain physicality. They couldn't control the line of scrimmage. The running game wasn't there. Daniel Jones didn't look comfortable in the pocket. He got sacked, and sacked I think it was six times before the end of the game. Um, that may have gone up in the last closing minutes of the game. They were trying to um, throw Hail Marys and things like that. But nonetheless, it just wasn't a good game. And my brother and I went back and forth. My brother is a Daniel Jones supporter, right? He thinks that Daniel Jones has all the physical traits that he needs to be a quarterback. And I agree agree. from that standpoint, yes. Yeah, I do too. I agree with that. I know you guys are listening. like, oh, here we go. Daniel Jones again. We know you (laughs) don't like Daniel Jones. I get it. Look, this is our podcast and you're listening, so thank you. But uh, the point of this is my brother and I were going back and forth. And to sum up the Daniel Jones element of it, to this time, he still struggles with decision-making, which is is probably one of his biggest things. He hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions, thankfully. Uh, Fumbles all the time. But his decision-making and not seeing open guys, it hurts. Now, to leave Daniel Jones aside... He's still injured, and he's still not 100% healthy, and that's very evident. He ran the ball one time for three yards 
on a designed run over the past Sunday. Um, before he got hurt in the Cardinals game, Daniel Jones, through 11 games, had, I think it was 55 scrambles or 55 runs for over 500 yards. So that's a big a big part of his game. And that wasn't there Sunday, and it wasn't there against the Cardinals' loss. He's gone on to say that, you know, when I'm healthy, um, or I think it was actually, I'm going to have to play from the pocket more until I'm healthy, and that was earlier this week. So that tells me, look, is he not healthy? You know, is he not 100%? Are we going to see the same type of game plan for the for the Cowboys going into Week 17 in a big big game that has playoff uh, implications? Because earlier in the week, Joe Judge said, you know, this may be the first week we have Daniel Jones out and we can just let him play. So is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Is it a ploy? Is it a trap? We don't know. The moral of the story, though, is Sunday was embarrassing on everything. The receivers could not catch a cold. They couldn't do anything. Um, so it's really, really disappointing. Going into Week 17 against the um, Dallas Cowboys has me a little bit concerned. It appears that Andy Dalton has kind of resurrected himself. He's been playing relatively well over the past few weeks. I've got an Andy. I'll let you finish. But I have – I heard this thing – and saw this thing on Twitter as it relates to Andy Dalton and the Cowboys. As soon as you finish, I, I just I just wanted to put it out there so I don't forget that I do need to ask you something about Andy Dalton. Yeah. <clears throat> so the Giants really have to improve. Four um, <laughs> week going into a big game against the Cowboys. Look, at five and ten, it's embarrassing to say the Giants could still win the NFC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they really could. Now they need a little bit of help. They've got to beat the Cowboys, and they need Philadelphia to beat the Redskins. I think the Redskins, going not, not to go into our picks, but just to kind of foreshadow a little bit, I think the Redskins lose next week. I mean, if they have to start te- uh, Taylor Heineke, which is who took the first team reps today. Like, listen, I don't know anything about, about Mr. Heineke. Uh, he might be a Hall of Famer. I don't know. I just don't feel great about it. No, um, their only thing, their only, it could be a pro and it could be a con, honestly, depending on the team. Look, they're playing a Philadelphia Eagles team whose season is inevitably over after week 17. So it depends on which Philly team comes out to play. Well, Jalen Hurts has provided a spark yep. to Philly. That's what I was going to say. Jalen Hurts is playing for a starting job and. Yeah. This is his last shot, at least this year, to make that impression. Yeah. So, Week 17 is going to be very interesting in the NFC East. Look, I don't care. I don't want to seem like a, a not-sure fan. Of course, I want to see the Giants be successful. But he, let's be honest with each other. If the Giants win against the Cowboys and they go into the playoffs, they're going to get smoked. They really are. They're not, they are not a playoff team. They're not. Um, they are in playoff conversations because the whole division of the NFC East is absolutely terrible. That's it. That's the only reason they're in this conversation. Um, a miracle is not going to happen in the Meadowlands for the Giants to get in playoffs and, and win a Super Bowl against the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Daniel Jones continues that legacy of beating Tom Brady. It's not going to happen. Um, so we'll see what NFC East goes. I hope, I hope the Giants win. Don't get me wrong. Um, 
but I'm trying to limit my expectations so my heart doesn't break that much later. (laughs) Now, listen, I respect that, okay? Um, Now, I was busy. We were both 1 o'clock games this week, so I was, of of course, dealing with my own uh, issues on Sunday, and there was was a lot of them. I, I got in trouble in my house, just for the record. I was... I was, I was very upset, and I upset some people with the language that I used at the television. Well, you'll have that. Well, you're going to have that when – you know, I'll get into that in a second. This is what I'm going to say. There's a lot. You know this. And and I told you I told you off air before we got going, like, I got some <laughs> – I got some stuff going on. Okay, so this is what I want to ask. So – I'm going to ask this. I got two questions. I got, I got a, a Andy Dalton Cowboy question. I have a Daniel Jones New York Giants question. And then we'll get um, kind of to, to my thoughts on the NFL's bias and hypocrisy when it comes to COVID-19. I'm looking at you, you fucking Baltimore Ravens. But anyway, Tennessee Titans – um, also, by the way, so if you remember earlier in the season, New Orleans danced in their locker room without masks on and they lost a draft pick. And then I just watched the Steelers post TikToks with all of them without masks dancing. So where's the punishment? Yeah. Where's the punishment? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I'm on that train. Okay. Take their seventh round pick. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but it's so, okay. So I saw this, I, I, I think I saw it somewhere on ESPN or NFL Network, but I know I saw it on Twitter. And and then I think I kind of meshed some of these things together. If Andy Dalton, and this is a big if, and like, listen, I like, you know how you got rival teams that you hate, but there's always like a player here and there that you like. I always kind of liked Andy Dalton. He didn't scare me in the playoffs. Uh, well, no, because the Browns never got to the playoffs. Well, but, no, you're right. But but Andy Dalton never won a playoff game either. That's, you know. Or primetime games, for that matter. He just. Yeah. He just he, he crashed under pressure. Listen, Andy Dalton, I, great quarterback. I think he's a great quarterback. Um, they did make. I don't, I don't think they made the right decision. Joe Burrow got killed. They should have kept Andy Dalton. But, like, yeah. let him sit until they had an offensive line. Okay. Uh, we got much more time in the offseason to hash out some of this stuff. So my question is, I saw this. Andy Dalton, let's say he wins. Um, what does it have to – if they win and Washington loses, they're in. Is that correct? It's correct that that if Washington wins, Washington's in, right? Because the other teams are 5-10. and 10. Okay. So, so Washington loses to Philly. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is it. And – Andy Dalton wins. He somehow resurrects this season that they were left for dead. Is there a possibility Andy Dalton signs an extension and Dak Prescott walks? I, I know, like, I know, I see the look on your face, and of course nobody else can see it, but you did the exact same thing I did when I saw it and heard it. I, I, I had to see. Shit. Because for one, he's going to be a lot cheaper. Now, I'm not saying you're ever going to win a Super Bowl with either of them. Now, I think both of them are capable of winning Super Bowls, but like, I'm not getting into that. that is, What's Jerry Jones going to do? I think that's, that's what it comes down to, is to Jerry Jones. Does Jerry Jones 
vacate his responsibility as GM, as we've heard rumors during the season. He's never right. going to do it. He's still going to be there. He'll let his son be the GM. Yeah. At most. Like, if that were to happen, he completely shocks the world and gets out of it, which we both know that's not going to happen. But that conversation has occurred and something that has been rumored this year. So let's say the craziest thing happens and he does not, is not, or is no longer the GM. I could see a change happening. So Jerry, you're saying Jerry Jones. If Jerry Jones is in charge, Dak Prescott's back no matter what. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Okay. Yes. Okay. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. It's just a fun conversation to have. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. And this is going to be a rabbit trail that we go off onto for a minute or two. The Cowboys could have had so many chances to be stellar teams. They have. Yeah, Absolutely. Thankfully, they haven't. But they have, they've had all the opportunities, and what's always tripped them up, in my opinion, has been Jerry Jones every single time. Too um, involved in the operations element. Be an owner. All right? Be an owner. Don't be an owner and then try to run the team and try to coach the team at the same time. I don't know. It's Jerry's world. I, I know. I know. Uh, but I think that could potentially hurt. It's too much power. And too much. But in the Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton conversation, you know, you look at – you put two quarterbacks side by side. Um, Dak Prescott can play really good football. And he brings a mobile element, more of a mobile element than Andy Dalton does. Andy Dalton can run around a little bit and extend plays, but not to the extent of Dak Prescott. Um but you also take into consideration, you know, if you're in the front office, if you're a coach in that situation, um, who do you go with? Dak Prescott's younger, right? Yeah. Yep. Andy Dalton has some experience on him, struggles in some primetime games. Dak Prescott hasn't really proved himself in primetime games yet, hasn't had that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so if I was a coach, I would probably stay with Dak Prescott for now. I would pay Dak Prescott. I just think it's a fun, it's a yeah, fun thought. It is. I love those conversations because you, it really makes you think, and it makes you think harder on two players that typically you and I probably don't think about hardly ever. So, you know, I like that question. I like that uh, aspect of it. it. It's fun. I think they find a way to bring Andy Dalton back. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Because the question becomes, if somebody offers Andy Dalton a starting job, he walks. But uh, you've seen how important it is, not just in Dallas, but other places with your backup quarterback situation needing to be stable. Like the Giants, for instance, being able to win, you know, uh, Colt coming in and winning a game, Colt starting a game and winning a game. Um, You know, and I know they've now kind of fallen out, though they still have a shot at the playoffs. Uh, But, you know, that was very important. What he was able to give them is very important. I felt all good all year about Case Keenum. He's not Baker Mayfield, but he knows the system. He can get it done if Baker goes down. So it's just a very important question. So we will shift over here now. Uh, I will I will say this. I will say this. See, you're one year behind. Uh, Daniel Jones is one year behind Baker Mayfield. So it's a little bit different when we talk about like first-year options and things like that. So Daniel Jones right now. Do you feel any different than you did three weeks ago? Or are you in the same spot mainly because you're getting kind of marred by the injury right now? 
No, I'm still in the same spot. Um, because, and this is why. So my issue has never been his physical gifts, you know, his physical traits, right? I understand that he's injured, so that's like one element out of his game. Uh, but the glaring issue that I have always had an issue with Daniel Jones is his decision-making and his inability to see the entire field from our perspective. Because so many times I see open guys completely missed. Um, I see issues with long balls. I think he has great short to medium field or medium throw accuracy, which is awesome. But on the long throws, man, he misses almost every time. Overthrows, not as accurate. Um, now, granted, we don't get a lot of those opportunities because we never set ourselves up to do that. Um, but consistently, I am still seeing issues with his decision making. And at two years in, going into a third next year, I'm personally worried that that is not something that he's going to be able to recover from. Um, Maybe he needs to get the right coaching staff around him. Joe Judge is a good coach. Um, Do you need I to make a change at the quarterback coach? Yeah, I mean, I mean that that maybe it may be that simple. He could, but you know, Jason Garrett prides himself in quarterbacks with Dak Prescott. You know, and, um, do we need a change in the OC as well? I, I don't know. Um, but the thing is, man, I have not seen improvement in that element with Daniel Jones, and that is why. I'm still on board with, you know, moving to the future. I don't want to get too invested in this guy if he's not the guy. I hate the, I hate the fact that we wasted such a high draft pick on him. Um, but here's the thing. Our team's worried about Daniel Jones when they play them when it comes down to the final two minutes. The answer to that question is no. Yeah. And the answer definitely needs to be maybe. Yeah. It needs to at least be maybe. It needs to be maybe. And right You'd now prefer it's not. it to be yes. Now, I... <laughs> Like I, the only saving grace to this, and I'm not changing my answer, but I will say, and I will be honest, that I don't necessarily think that Daniel Jones has a supporting cast around him. I think the offensive line is still in bad shape. Getting sacked six times, six times in a game is not good. You can't expect your quarterback to outperform with that type of abuse. Then your receivers are dropping the ball all the time. Evan Ingram, how did you get into the Pro Bowl? <laughs> like I don't seriously. even want to get into that conversation. Like how in the world did you get into the you are terrible this year. Absolutely terrible. I don't know what people like in you other than apparently you're physically gifted. Yeah, I mean if you're so physically gifted, why can you not get open? Against linebackers. I mean, he's running around on the field sometimes, just like skiddly diddly do. I'm an idiot, but you know, like he, I, I don't know, I don't know. It, it. Listen, we will dive deeper into these topics as we go into our off season shows. As we, um, you know, as we do. <clears throat> when we have a little bit more opportunity to not talk about such specific things that are going on and giving live reaction to it. But I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you on this. Once again, you are, you are very much in the same spot. I was last year going into this year. Uh, I mean, I think Baker had a little bit more success as rookie, rookie year than Daniel Jones, but they both were promising. 
Both of them yeah. come out there. They do this. Baker throws 14 picks, but he throws he sets the rookie touchdown record, which has been broken by Justin Herbert this year. But, you know, he throws 27 touchdowns. He, uh, he inspired hope like he hadn't before. I felt like Daniel Jones inspired a little bit of hope that we weren't sure that that like you were able to transition from Eli to Dan to hope. I know that Daniel Jones hasn't, you know, he's got a long way to go to become Eli, but like as someone who hasn't had a quarterback in 20 years, the the true unbridled hope is where you need to be. And I think you're at least there. Um, Lots of work to be done, but um, that's what they do this. You know, that's what these guys do, you know. Look, I I think Daniel Jones is going to be our quarterback next year. I really do. Um, but it doesn't mean there's not competition. I, I, I sincerely hope there is competition. Um, because that is one thing that I've noticed maybe over the past, you know, even watching the last game, is I think Daniel Jones realizes that he's in the hot seat right now. Um, no matter what's been said in the media, I think he feels the pressure. It's like, look, I'm not performing up to the level that I'm asked to perform in the NFL as a starting quarterback for the New York football giants. Look, New York is one of the hardest places to play, especially in a position like quarterback. It has been said, New York is the toughest city to play for. Off the field handles himself well, but he stayed off the the limelight and look, man, fans aren't happy. And, Next year he plays, but next year will make or break him. And it, it, more broken than he is made. So, in, in, a, in an, an interesting thing about the way you said that, that kind of I just kind of popped to me. Um, you know, you say the fans aren't happy. Um, well, the fans aren't in the stands right now. So next year, this is assuming this vaccine continues to be successful. It continues to be rolled out and we can get back to some semblance of normalcy, the fans back in there are going to make things a lot harder if you're not playing well. If you are, they're going to make them great because you can feed off their energy, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see. One positive note I will give him credit for, and then I'll stop my my rant on Daniel Jones, is that he was sacked for six six times, at least six times last week, and he didn't fumble at all. So that was an improving thing because typically – Danny Dimes is a fumbling machine. I'm going to – okay, so I'm going to shift this over. I'm not even going to talk about the game. Um, There's a couple of things I need to talk about and I need to address and I need to get off my chest. Uh, And then I'm going to talk about the NFL. I'm going to forego my Browns game talk to talk about this COVID stuff. And I know people are going to come at me and say, you're just a homer. You're just complaining about it because it happened to the Browns. But keep in mind, I complained about the in, about it before, about it when I, I complained about the 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 where they forced Denver to play with no quarterbacks. I understood because they said they broke protocol, but at the same time, it was not consistent. It's inconsistencies. There's the word I'm looking for. The inconsistencies. Let me do this. Let me address a couple of things I've seen on the internet. Um, I have I have been. Very aggressive the last couple of te- days on the internet, not with um, not with any crazy takes or outlandish things, but in my defense 
of the Cleveland Browns in the defense of Kevin Stefanski and in the defense of uh, what I want to think level-headedness because I've seen some stuff and like, like if it wasn't illegal to hit people over the heads with mallets, I would probably hit a lot of people over the heads with a mallet this week. <laughs> but so I saw, I saw, I saw fire Kevin Stefanski multiple times. Um, can I, I'll remind you we're 10 and five. Um, uh, we, we talk about, we talk about how we get this wrong every year and then we fire repeat and, and firing and repeat is part of the problem because nobody's ever able to set groundwork. So your solution is one bad game, fire, repeat and repeat all the, the, the misery that we've had. So anybody out there who says fire Kevin Stefanski, um, call me. My phone number is 740-710-9442. I'll straighten you out. We'll have some, we'll have a conversation. Do it. There's my phone number. It's my real phone number. Call me up. You're a fucking moron. If you have that opinion, you are period. No questions asked. Come at me, bro. I'll throw hands. I don't care. Okay. That one I had to get off my chest. It was aggressive. I apologize for our people that, that come here for casual listening pleasure, but I had to get rude for a second. Now, to the people that said, why did Baker Mayfield throw 53 times when he had no receivers? He has the best running back duo in the league. And this is what builds off the fire Kevin Stefanski thing. Uh, it's Kevin Stefanski's fault that we didn't run the football. We threw 53 times. Did you watch the game? The Jets were – and I learned this today through uh, – Jake Burns even talked about it even more and, and it explained what I knew I was seeing, but I didn't understand football at this deeper level that he understands it. Um, apparently, as soon as the ball was snapped, the Jets were so not scared of their wide receivers uh, and, and, and that, that they – yeah, don't fire me. Wife's over there being mean about my rants right now. She's she said she's gonna fire me. I'm not sure. I do this podcast. I pay to do this podcast, so I'm not sure who's firing me. So um, anyway, um, the the Jets, their corners were so not afraid of of the receivers that as soon as they were snapping the ball, um, I mean it was a load of poop. It was just a big old load of poop because as soon as they were snapping the ball, those corners were crashing in because they weren't scared and they shouldn't have been. Watch that game again. Go watch it. Did you know in the first half when you looked at the Browns before contact, before contact, when the Browns had 12 rushing yards, before contact, they had negative 10. That means that the Browns had to shed tackles to get one in two yard gains. You don't keep running into an iron wall with your head, Dale, because you will die. You moron. So yes, Baker had to throw the ball. Yes. Baker didn't play well. Baker didn't know the names of his receivers for fuck's sakes. I am so, I didn't know I was still this worked up until I started going at it. But yeah. it's it's good. It feels good. It feels good. Listen, watch that yeah. game. Like, you guys are only having four receivers that nobody knew their names to. Three. Three. Only three. Three. Only one yeah. that was on the active roster. 
Um, I watched the tail end of that game, and I asked for the exact play call that was called when Baker fumbled it on the fourth down. Um, or maybe it was a third down. I can't remember. It was it was a fourth down, but he had already sneaked twice previously and gotten yeah. the first down both times. It was the right play call. It, that is the call I would have made. I really would have. You can't. I mean, sometimes fumbles happen, you know. And, and Baker uh, fumbled the ball three times, and, and, and you know the first thing he comes down and he takes one question in his post gamer, and he and he starts saying all these things, right? And he answers all these questions, and he says, "I failed this team." He said, I need to hold on to the ball. He said, hold on to the damn ball. And I thought, I thought, you know, people will say, oh, he took one question and he left. That's immature. No. Baker Mayfield has grown up before our eyes. Like, and I can say that because I'm almost 30. Um, you know, and, and, and Baker, it's, I'm not putting a lot on Baker for as bad as he played, um, he got killed back there. He got killed. You talk about Daniel Jones getting killed. We're with that. We were down to our third string right guard, who's not even a guard in Nick Harris. He's a center. Our backup left tackle, who we found out the day of the game we had to play with our backup left tackle, Kendall Lamb, who just did not look like he even wanted to be on the football field. Um, Jedrick Wills returned to practice for everybody that's curious. Thank God. And it, it, my thing is this was a horrible game. But let me let me let me put this in uh, real world talk. Isaac, you're a supervisor. You have people that work for you. I'm gonna take a you work in, in, in the parking industry at a university. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in a a scenario similar to the Browns and you tell me if you could do your job at the normal level. Okay. It's move in. Move in day. I'm not sure how you guys handle Newman Day, but I, I did used to work for you, and I, I remember what it was like, you know, several years ago. Moving Day, let's say you have myself and how many employees do you say you have working on Move-In? Uh, depends. It range from 8 to 15. Okay, so 8 to 15. We'll go on the low end. We'll say you have 8 guys. You have me. You have 7 other – Except, let's say they're all like A-plus employees. Okay. Less than 24 hours beforehand, you were told that five of them cannot come. 24 hours. You've been practicing all week. You've been prepping them. You've been in meetings. You've been telling them what's going on. Five of them can't come. I'm going to go grab you five dudes off the street real quick. Figure it out. How do you think that would go? Yeah, we give her health. No, uh, absolutely. But you're setting you're not setting yourself up for success at that point in time. So I mean, you're you're setting yourself up to get through the day. And in the in the Brown situation, you're setting yourself up to finish the game. And guess what? You still had a chance to win. Yeah. And and and, and, and if the defense didn't decide to leave people wide open in the end, end zone three fucking times, maybe we would have won. Baker Mayfield and that team fought like hell. And there was some mistakes. Kevin Stefanski said he didn't coach that well in the first half. You know, and there were some mistakes. But I'm just saying, if I practice all damn week and then all of a sudden, 24 hours beforehand, I didn't have my guys. He had to run a walkthrough in 15-degree weather in a parking garage at 8.15 in the morning before the game so that the guys 
knew what the routes were. Like, get the hell out of here. Listen, they were set up for failure. I think they fought. They still should have found a way to win. I agree with you. You still should have found a way to win. But guess what? Uh, Beat no, the I, I don't mean – I didn't mean to say you specifically. It would have been great if they found a way to win. They had a chance to win. It just didn't work out. But in those situations, if anybody is saying, like, how did you lose to the Jets in that situation? You got to look realistically. The Rams lost to him and they went full health. Yeah, the supporting crew, the supporting cast of your team was gone. You know, you're one dimensional. However, I didn't watch the game, so I can't speak too much on this. So correct me if I'm wrong. But I checked in at one point in time and I saw like Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt had below 20 carries. Like combined or something. They like that. they finished, I want to say, with fifteen. But at the at the point at the first half where they had about twelve yards on like ten carries, um, it once the Jets got the ball to start the second half, it was twenty to three. You can't run yeah. the ball. Yeah, you gotta not necessarily abandon the running game, but you have to go pass heavy for sure. And that's what and that's what happened. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Like I said, there's my phone number. Call me if you want to fire Kevin Stefanski, and I'll tell you how stupid you are. That's what I'll do. Send me a text message. I'll berate you. I'll send you a Snapchat. I don't have Snapchat. Um, but send me a video message. I don't care. DM me on, on Twitter. I'm not scared. Okay. Excuse me. That was the Baja Blast coming back. So let's talk about – we. We're not sponsored by Taco Bell, but, like, that would be cool. So, anyway, I'm going to come at you. We got three things, right? We talked about this. We got three things. We'll hit them up with our pickums. I'm four games behind, so I'm going to shake it up this weekend and try to get this win so I don't have to wear a Pittsburgh Steelers shirt all day. So, here we go. All right. Okay, look. I want to talk about the COVID protocols. I'm going to go on, like, a couple-of-minute rant right here. I'm going to throw it out for you. You tell me what you think. Listen. This is, I don't disagree with the COVID protocols. That's not what I'm talking about. Don't misunderstand me, anybody out there before I start. Listen, I have a problem with your inconsistency by the NFL. You babied the Titans who broke protocol. You babied the Baltimore Ravens who broke protocol. You, the Ravens got their games rescheduled, that game rescheduled three times. Three The Browns found out less than 24 hours and you wouldn't even move it back a day. Here's – and people say, listen, the Browns broke protocol. Actually, what happened was – so they say this was weird. Well, they were in the hot tub. B.J. Goodson had tested positive. One player, one player in that room, the wide receiver, had his nose uncovered. That was about it. And then they sat them all, all of them, because of that. But B.J. Goodson, my understanding anyway, the one that – had COVID, had his mask on. I don't understand. This is weird. It's stupid. They find out 24 hours. I don't know. That was bullshit to me because, listen, if you moved the Browns game back one day, you would not have gotten any of those players back, but you would have had an opportunity to practice with the other guys. Yes. And, and, and this is why I have such an issue because they say Baltimore's, Baltimore's situation was because of an outbreak. Do you remember why it got rescheduled the third time? They wanted a day of practice. That's it. The outbreak was done. 
they asked for a day of practice and they rescheduled it. So for you people out there saying, oh, they don't reschedule it for so that they can get a day of practice. Bullshit. I saw all the tweets. It was out there. It's bullshit. They coddled people like the Pittsburgh Steelers who, as we've seen, still haven't been punished, even though they did the exact same thing that you took a draft pick away from the New Orleans Saints for. All I'm saying is Miles Garrett is going to chase Mason Rudolph down and we're going to the playoffs. I don't give a shit. Leave the lids on the helmets or leave the lids on your heads. I, you know, I expect Miles Garrett, if he sacks him, to get up, pick him up, pat him on the butt and walk away. Nothing will make him ain't more angry than you planting his ass and just walking away. Planting his ass. Brother and I were talking. It's kind of ironic that Miles Garrett was voted um, to represent the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for the Browns. And I'm just like, yeah, he's been good this year. He's done a lot. But last year, not even a year ago, he smashed somebody in the face with a helmet. Yeah, but last year's nominee for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Marquise Pouncey, was kicking Miles Garrett in the face while he was down. But we didn't talk about that. No, not at the time. Miles Garrett, that's the thing. That's that's the thing I think. We talked about this a bunch. Like, that was so out of character for Miles Garrett because you see all these amazing things he does. I think it was, like, I understand the people that say maybe wait another year or two before you nominate him. Um, I think he's deserving of the award, but I understand the backlash. I don't think there's an issue nominating at all. I mean, that's in the past. He owned it. He moved on. He's done good things this year. Um I just think it's funny, honestly. I, like, I mean, I see, that's, that's my thing. I see the humor in it. Or either, but, you know, he did. didn't win it, and Miles Garrett's not going to win it. Um, but it, it's one of those things It's still an honor for a person to be not nominated for that. And it's a testament to really the foundation work and what they mm-hmm. do yeah. outside of football. And so take a helmet in the hand and smashing a dude in the face with it, and, you know, but you can't take away what he's done for communities. So there's that. He is smashing thirst with helmets. He did, that is a big thing he does. If you don't know anything about the Water Boys organization, do look it up. It's a great work. I did tell you, did you have an opportunity to look up uh, the, the situation with the New York Giants and what they're doing with the NYPD? Yeah, yeah, that's good shit, man. Yeah, that's really good shit. I will throw a side note in here. Uh, For those of you who have not checked out the Barstool Fund, Barstool has started a fund because the government refuses to help people um, in this pandemic. Barstool has started a fund. You can say what you want about Dave Portnoy, but he has currently started a fund for small businesses, and they have currently raised over $10 million. And uh, you can go to their website if you're a small business that needs help. And what he is doing, you ask for a certain amount of money, and he's not only going to give it to you, he's going to give it to you every month until this pandemic is over. Uh, It's an amazing, amazing situation. If anybody out there needs help, please go look it up. If anybody wants to give money, please do. Um, Yeah, Portnoy. (laughs) Old dude's a... He's a wild ride, man. He's awesome. I love that guy. He's a wild... I'll tell you this. If, if Portnoy comes on my TV and he says anything, I just listen because I'm not saying I'll agree with it, but, like, I know it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. So, <clears throat> so we got... I got a question for you that you, you wanted to bring up, and then we're about time to launch into our, our picks, our roundup. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. 
idiot. Dwayne Haskins. Um, also, by the way, I want to point out that Dwayne Haskins, after the loss last week, not this past week, but the week before, was seen and photographed at a strip club without a mask. He played on Sunday. The Browns wide receivers didn't. Once again, that's all I'm saying. Dwayne has been an absolute disgrace to Ohio State fans and tenure and legacy and all that fun stuff. Dude, your first game, you start taking selfies with the fans during the game and the coach couldn't find you, so we had to put a backup in. Like, who does that? Dude, I almost forgot about that. Somebody brought that up the other day. I had forgotten about that. Like, who does that? After the game is fine, not during... Knock yourself out after the game, but during the game, come on, man. Your play, your gameplay is awful. Like, absolutely awful. Your antics off the field, awful. You're so selfish. You're not a team guy. You don't care about the team. You care about you care about your status in the NFL and that you are a starting quarterback for the Washington football team at times. He cares about this. I heard it put perfectly. He is all about the life of a player, like like the glitz and the glamour, but not the work of a player. That's what I yeah. heard. And so in that situation, you're not a player. Well, you're not. Yeah. Congratulations, you can don an NFL jersey and somehow you have enough talent to play, but you don't want to put the work in. I mean, yeah, some people are naturally gifted. They really are. I believe that. Some people are naturally gifted. That doesn't mean you, need, you don't need to work. You're a quarterback for a team. You're the person who sets the example for the offense. Couldn't do it. Yeah. And Riverboat Ron Rivera, that dude can be a mean dude, man. Like, you're rocking the wrong boat. Oh, you God, yeah. Quarterback's cut with one week left in the season. You know what that was from Rivera? That was a big middle finger to Dwayne Haskins. You're talking the about... Only re- yeah. Started... Yesterday, not yesterday, this past Sunday is because they didn't have any other options. Yeah, Alex Smith was hurt. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's interesting? You talk about being cut with one week left. Let's put even more context on that. You were cut with one week left when not even two years ago, last season, you were the 15th overall pick. Like that that needs to be context. Is important. Another aspect of it. You were cut with one week left was the biggest game of the season on the line. Yeah, they're not eliminated. They're they're probably going to go to the playoffs. They are win and in. Yeah. They, they don't have to rely on anybody else other than themselves. So they, if they win, they get in. That's it. They were winning in last week. Yep. Well, they needed, uh, like, I think the Giants to they lose. Needed, yeah. Which they ended up doing. So it's like... You had that opportunity then, but I I don't have much to say on it because I think it's beating a dead horse. I think he gets on somewhere next year, but you've got the physical tools, man. Like, don't don't throw it away. Just don't throw it away. Don't waste it. You know, my, my opinion on guys who act like this, I have no respect. I have no respect for that type of player one bit. You're a disgrace to the NFL. You're a disgrace to the role model that you've become – to kids, people look up. Kids look up to players all the time. 
Ohio State fan kids look up to Dwayne Haskins because they were a fan of him when he played in college. And they're seeing him do all of these off-the-field antics and lack of respect and lack of leadership. I hate that. You're getting paid millions of dollars a year to play a game. Have some more respect and some more maturity. That's it. Yeah, that's all I got on Dwayne Haskins as well. Listen, I love the Buffalo Bills, by the way. We will continue on this podcast to take our victory laps on Josh Allen. Um, I am worried about Brian Dayball taking a head coaching position next year, but I think you'll see them potentially elevate uh, quarterback coach Ken Dorsey to the job, and I think Josh Allen will continue to be fine. I mean, Stephon Diggs just proved that, you know, he was worth every penny and more. Um. We will. Hey, we told you here. We, you know, Josh Allen. We're big Josh Allen guys. So, all right, that's my roundup segment. Is there anything else for the roundup segment before we go into the picks? Adam Gates and the Jets. <laughs> there are two wins. I'm gonna ask you. <laughs> Do you think that is them finally getting it together, or is that? Is that is that you thinking? Is that Adam Gase's big middle finger to the organization because he knows he's getting fired here in a couple of weeks? So okay, so I'm going to take it a couple of different routes, and I'm going to say it's both. And what I'm going to say is, play like we've heard this before. Organizations tank, players don't, and that's true. They don't, and that's why organizations know they have to get rid of every bit of talent on the field if they want to be able to tank. I disagree. I don't necessarily agree that players tank. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying organizations do. Players don't. But players do, and we've all seen it on the field. We have seen players not play as hard as they can. Yeah, but I think that's more of a maturity issue than it is a tanking issue. I'm with you, though, because I've seen it happen in Cleveland. I mean, that's why Damaris Randall isn't on an active roster anywhere. You know, like – he quits in Cleveland and then they don't pay him. I think he might be on the active roster now in Seattle, but the last thing I knew he was on a practice squad and he couldn't make the Raiders. He couldn't make the Raiders and their safeties are horrible. Um, I mean, Abrams is all right, but so the thing about it is I think that Adam Gase, as much as I want it to be a middle finger, I don't think Adam Gase is that good because I don't think he's a good coach, period. I think he's garbage. So I don't think he's good enough to turn it on to give them a middle finger because uh, – and if he was, he would be winning and saving his job. You know, like – so I think the players got tired of hearing all the tank talk and the bullshit, so they turned it on. And I think Adam Gase, if you asked him, he would take credit for it because he's that kind of person. He's a he's a Dwayne Ashley with the coaching world. Yeah, he he's worse. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of hilarious. I think I think they put him in a really interesting spot. And actually I think Sam Darnold um is helping them out because <laughs> excuse me. I think if you get him away from Adam Gay, Sam Darnold's fine. And now that you've lost out on Trevor Lawrence, you can consider Justin Fields or whoever you think is the second quarterback. Or you can look to build more and get another tackle, perhaps, for the other side, and you can run with Sam Darnold, which is what I think they should do. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I it, Adam Gase isn't good enough to do that. So that's that's my thought on that. All right. So. I think it's pick time, man. All righty. 
So we have no Thursday night game. We have no Monday night game. It's all on Sunday. All or nothing. I'm behind by four. So I'm going to be asking for your picks first so I can decide if these are the ones that I will be using to flip-flop so that I can take that crown. All right. We're going to start in the Motor City. So Vikings, Lions, the Lions had three coaches total, I think, last week at the game. That was horrible. So they'll at least be in a better situation than that. Lions, Vikings, Dalvin Cook, by the way. Uh, condolences, condolences and T's and P's to Dalvin Cook, whose father unexpectedly passed away yesterday. So he will not be playing Sunday. Yeah, it's too bad. That's horrible, yeah. Look, you know, yeah, this is tough, man. This is really tough because I want the Lions to be mediocre. And I don't quite think they're going to get mediocre this year. I think they're just going to be bad. Um, so I think that ship has sailed for me. With Dalvin Cook, it's tough to pick the Vikings because that's a big element. Um, I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Yep. Okay, that's good because I didn't think there was any way I could pick the Lions. So I'm going to take the, the Vikings. That game's a crapshoot. I have no analysis for you on that. So there yeah. you go. It could go either way. Um, the Falcons almost beat the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes looked bored last week. Uh, but now they got Brady, who is red hot, in uh, yeah. Tampa Bay. I, I mean, I don't know who you're going to pick, but I can't go away from Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, I'm picking Tom Brady. Look, th- I hate this. I hate that Tom Brady gets red hot like this going into the playoffs. I really do. It, it really upsets me. Okay. But the Buccaneers will win. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the postseason. So the Bills potentially looking to nail down the second seed, also knowing that Ben Roethlisberger isn't starting in Cleveland. They've got the Dolphins who need to win to get into the playoffs. This would be a very, very interesting game. I hate to vote against the Bills Mafia, but the Dolphins, they're in a win and they are in a desperate win need, and I think they're going to come to play, so I'm going to take the Dolphins. Um... I think that you see this thing where Brian Flores thinks he is cuter than everybody else, and he's going to pull Tua again, which I think is just if – Tua, if Tua can't throw the deep ball, if Tua can't beat people, he needs to be on the bench. That's just yeah. how this works. You're ruining the young man's psyche, I think. I, I, no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. So let's go. There's my opportunity right now. I've, my opportunity to pick up two games – right now is is out there. I'll take the Buffalo Bills. Okay, here's my upset of the week. The New York Jets make it three in a row, and they will beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots, finally letting us know that it was more Tom Brady than it was ever Bill Belichick. I don't think Bill Belichick will allow his team to lose against the Jets. I don't think he has it in him. So I'm taking, I'm taking Bill Belichick and – they somehow pull out a win against the Jets that are surprisingly on the right track right now. Let me say this. Um, I got told, like, I, I wasn't huge on Cam Newton. I thought it might be successful that they might figure something out there. But everybody, especially on ESPN, told me how good Cam Newton is. Can we finally put that to the bed? Cam Newton's done. He's washed. He's, he's over. Yeah. yeah, he's not very good right now. Um, Mason Rudolph brings his Steelers into his first energy stadium where the Browns are in a win and in situation to snap 
18 straight seasons of not being in the playoffs. The Browns are mad that they got beat by the Jets last week. The Browns are mad that they've had to suffer through these codes of protocol. They're on track to have all those players back, by the way. The Browns are going to beat the Braves off of Mason Rudolph. Just remember, the last time Mason Rudolph faced the Browns, he threw four interceptions and then almost died. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're not talking about that. But anyway, we're going to go to New York, where even if the Giants don't get the help they need to get into the playoffs, they can make sure Dallas doesn't. Giants, Cowboys, where are we at? I'm going with my G-men. You know, I, it, it's going to be a close game. Both teams have the capabilities to win this one, but I'll never vote for the Cowboys. So, so I'm going to take Andy Dalton. I just don't know what's going on there. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I'm taking Andy Dalton. Okay, listen. So Ryan Finley threw for like a million yards last. Not Ryan Finley. I'm sorry. Brandon Allen returned through for a million yards as the Bengals won two in a row. <laughs> And I just want the Ravens to lose. I want them not to be in the playoffs so bad. They lose, Indy wins. They get Indy gets in. Um, the Bengals, they already struggled once beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can they beat the Ravens? No, they can't. No, the Ravens unfortunately are halfway decent. I keep talking my trying. I was trying and trying to talk my way into taking the the Bengals, and I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I hope I'm wrong. Like, please knock yeah, them sure. out. Uh, the Colts, the Jags, the Jags are done. They don't have their rookie. They uh, all all world running back. We're back to Mike Glennon. Uh, Doug Marone's done. The Colts need a win and some help to get in. I take Indy by a bunch. Yeah, Colts roll on that. All right. The Texans and the Titans. The Texans are without Laramie Tunsil. Uh, the season's pretty much over. J.J. Watt gave one of the most inspirational speeches I've ever seen this week. Ah, yeah, Tannehill rolls, I think. They got embarrassed last week by the Packers. I, I, I think they bounced back. Yeah. I don't, I don't see the Titans losing to the Texans. A, a situation, a kind of win-and-in situation, an NFC West showdown. Uh, we will be... Uh, John Wolford will be the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Kyler Murray says, I will play. My leg is fine. I don't think his leg is fine. I think it's good enough for him to play. I think it limits his mobility. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the upset. Give me L.A. I like it. I like it. I personally... This is hard. This is a really hard one for me. I'm going to take the Cardinals. I'm taking the Cardinals. I think that uh, Kyler Murray will play his heart out with it being the last game of the year. I do. Okay. Saints, Panthers. I'm not sure entirely the Saints situation, but even if they play Taysom Hill, I think they beat the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey officially done for the season. He will not be back. The Saints. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, the Packers and the Bears. Um, I do not. Once again, I'm not sure on the clinching scenarios, but I believe that Aaron Rodgers is playing in this game. So the Bears need a win to get in. Ah, bear down. Bear down. That's it. Bear down. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Aaron Rodgers in the late December game. 
Listen, so we could start 2021 with the Browns snapping their, their streak. Yeah. That just sets up for it to be a good year. Let's just say. The Chargers are playing uh, Chad Henney and the Chiefs. Mm, give me Justin Herbert. Does Justin Herbert pull one out? Chiefs already have the number one seed. Like They're going to be resting their Chargers. Yeah, Chargers will. I think Chargers will pull one out of victory. Easy money. Seahawks 49ers. The 49ers trying to play Ruiner. Uh, Kittle probably comes back. What is it? Um, I don't know if they've clinched the division, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they've clinched a playoff berth. I'm taking the Seahawks. Yeah, give me Seattle. All right. Uh, the A pair of eliminated teams, the Raiders and the Broncos, it's a crapshoot. I think Gruden, Gruden has not been good. That contract looks worse by the day. And it's going to work e- looks even worse when the Denver Broncos beat them. To end the season. Ooh, I'm gonna go with the Raiders on this one. He's gonna end on a decent note. Washington? Do they get in? Do they beat the Eagles? I don't think so. I think the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. I I will say that they will play a really well, but I am taking Washington. They win the division at seven and nine. That is where I'm going with that. And we'll pull that back up. And all right, we're coming in at about a cool hour here. So uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap us up for the week. I'm going to say happy new year to everybody. Let's hope 2021 is a million times better than 2020. So until next time, we'll see you.